That notion of having people in the same space building trust does get people to yes. It does create positioning. I do believe that the event is the message. I think that if you do it well, you're making people feel a certain way so that when your sales team does call on them, they recall that feeling. Welcome to Virtually Live by Kaltura. Every week, we'll get into the latest and greatest in marketing, and specifically, event marketing, audience engagement, and brand experience. To guide us through that, we've invited event professionals and marketing leaders from various industries. In this week's episode, Kaltura's product marketing manager, Amit Eschel, speaks with CMO at Outbrain, Paul Negton, about where to draw the line between people and business in the world of B2B marketing. Let's go! Hi, everyone, and welcome to CTA Coffee and Takeaways. My name is Amit, and I'm Product Marketing Manager here at Kaltura, and I'm joining to you virtually live today from Tel Aviv, Israel. With me today, Paul Negton, did I say it correctly? Sure. Uh, from Outbrain, he's a Chief Marketing Officer. Paul, where are you joining us virtually live from today? New Jersey, uh, about uh, 30 miles outside of New York City, where our main offices are at Outbrain. First, please uh, tell us about the Outbrain's uh, marketing um, approach in the B2B sphere. What do you think generates an excellent um, B2B marketing? Yeah, so I like to think about B2B marketing as really a, a much more limited set of customers that I'm trying to influence or that a team is trying to influence versus consumer marketing. You really got to get that customer to think about you, not while they're at work, that's not enough, but on their way home from work, when they're thinking about their career, they're thinking about their next move, they're thinking about their significance, and to be relevant to them in that moment. In our previous conversation, you said that um, something unique happens in events, that the lines uh, between the personal hat and the business hat uh, becomes blurry. Uh, can you expand on that? Yeah, yeah, I think it's a really important point, and as especially as we exit the, the, you know, this interesting, uh, traumatic, difficult time for many uh, with COVID that these in-person interactions didn't happen. I think it's an interesting, uh, it's exciting to go, to go back to some of these in-person events and be with people because something interesting does happen when you're in person um, with B2B marketing, with experiential marketing, if it's done well, at least, if it's not done you know, superficially. But you start to build relationships with people. Uh, you start to be able to relate to them. And it's a little bit, I actually think it's similar to what's happening with people returning to office. You know, it's not going to be the way it used to be. That's clear. I think that people's lives have changed. I think that we found better ways to do things. But I think there's that moment where you build trust with somebody that doesn't happen over Zoom or Teams or whatever platform you're using, it doesn't happen unless you are physically in the same space with that person. That notion of having people in the same space building trust does get people to yes. It does create positioning. It does earn you positioning. Whether you do it well or whether you don't, you're going to earn that positioning from that event. So I do believe that the event is the message. That's a Mark Benioff quote. Um, I, I think it's, it's a really important tactic. I think that if you do it well, you're making people feel a certain way so that when your sales team does call on them, they recall that feeling. Interesting, because this is a very holistic approach. And when do you look at these differences from a marketer uh, uh, perspective? I mean, when do you choose to 
separate these hats of the business and the personal? And when do you choose to bring them together strategically? Hmm. I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, the lines are blurry. <laughs> I think where they come together maybe is understanding the motivations of the whole person that you're trying to influence, the person, your buyer. Okay, what do they want to do? I think with ad tech, it's clear that a lot of the people that we sell to really want to succeed in acquiring more customers, succeed in moving you know, customers down the purchase funnel. Okay, clearly, we, everyone wants to do that. What do they want to do in their career? Why you? Why, why, why does using Outframe make them more strategically valuable to their current employer, make them more attractive to other employers, make them more fulfilled in their career, make them more stimulated in the work that they're doing? How do you, how do you get to that layer below them doing their job but them fulfilling a path. I think that sometimes can sound trite because sometimes it really is. Somebody's logging in, they're buying ads. We want <laughs> you know, you're helping them fulfill some big grand dream. But other times it's, they're bringing in a new channel into an organization that's never done this before. They're taking a risk. They're taking a risk on you. And so it's your job to empower them and to be the wind at their back during that. I think right now we're in a moment where budgets are tightening where accountability is, is, is growing and just delivering you know, views, impressions, reach and frequency is not gonna be enough as we go into a difficult macroeconomic period. Uh, those things are important and you know, ad tech vendors have to deliver those things, but I think we're in a place where they're looking for that layer beyond of accountability, of results, of engagement. And I think that being able to tap into that is really valuable for companies like Outbrain to say, we hear you. You know, you might not be getting what you're actually looking for from your other vendors. Uh, we're here to help you solve that. And, and, you know, we've been listening this whole time and that thing you're looking for has been the thing we've been selling for years. I think what's guided me through my career is just that get out of the way of the magic, do, you know, just give them what they're looking for, give them what the actual thing is that's gonna help them drive their career forward. If it does, then it's real. Thank you so much for this perspective. Um, it's really interesting. And just before we wrap up, it's time for myth busting. Uh, tell us about the greatest marketing or events myth you uh, uncovered uh, the hard way. So I think one of the bigger myths or one of the bigger pitfalls that companies fall into is and in how they approach comms, PR that you need, to be, you need to be out there all the time saying stuff, I think is a really strong misconception. I think judging competitors, for instance, by their PR can really get you in uh, difficult waters. I think you, you, you really aren't looking at them unemotionally when you're doing that. It is, a, it is often used for covering up other problems. It is often used as a way of feeling like the company is making progress when they're really not. I think that plenty of companies succeed without relying on needing to be the hot company. You know, that's not to say they're not being written about in their industry and thought leaders and all those things are really important. You need a strategy for those things, not just make noise. 
But I think we we see a lot of what we think are overnight successes. We see a lot of companies that are that are you know just getting press all the time, and that's not only is that difficult to to affect yourself. Um, you know, it's kind of putting all your eggs in one basket. It's betting everything. If if you think you need that to succeed, you know, it's not in your control a lot of the time. It's it's uh, you know, building a business and then building some persona through PR are two kind of separate things. Often they help each other. There are great examples of companies that do it well. Um, but I think it, you know, with how fragmented media is now. I think there are many other ways of reaching your audience in those three magic places that I described that don't require the New York Times necessarily. And so I guess a big myth would be to sum it up that you have to you have to get huge press coverage in order to be really successful. I think that is a nice output to have. It's great when it happens. It is an externality almost though. And that it, I, I believe much more firmly in find a way to build your own channels so that you can reliably reach your audience rather than betting on a reporter's going to be, you know, betting on a, a reporter's going to be really interested in covering your beat because that's going to come and go. Um, so I, I would really invest in content, invest in how to get that content in, in, in your customers' hands, invest in clarity of message, invest in all those other things before I'd be like, we need to do a big PR about, you know, the new dashboard that we're going to launch. Because, you know, there's a lot of misunderstandings to, to how those things happen. Yes. Thank you so much, Paul, for joining us virtually live today. Um, Thanks for having us me. a lot of food and coffee. I'm doing this thing <laughs> for thought. <laughs> Thank you so much for this conversation. Thank you. Thank you, Paul Negton and Amit Eshel for joining us today. And thank you for tuning in. To give you a little taste of what's coming next week, here's seven questions and events with Adobe's head of brand strategy and customer insights, Heather Combs. Heather, what's the one thing you want your attendees to get out of your events? I think the most important thing is inspiration. That's for me. Um, but I am someone who loves to be inspired. I think the second thing, though, that I will say, and I know this is supposed to be short, but the second thing that I will say is a feeling that they got something that they couldn't have gotten anywhere else. Awesome. What's your favorite way to engage with your audience? You know, I mean, I think that, you know, I really enjoy collaboration. I think that, you know, when you're co-creating together, you learn so much more about each other. And I think that, especially as brands or businesses who are putting on events or putting out, you know, sort of engagements, whatever that might be, that the more you're thinking about how you co-create with your audience, I think the more you will create lasting connections on both sides where you can learn about each other in completely different ways than just presenting and consuming content. What would your dream keynote speaker be? No restrictions. Uh, all right, this is going to be a little wacky, but go with me. I'm going to say uh, Prince. And the reason that I'm going to say Prince is he was such a private person while alive. And I think that he's also one of the most influential creators of our time. I think that so much music and fashion and, you know, design and art and creativity is an influence by who he was on this planet that 
having the opportunity to have him speak directly to a group of people, be that creatives, be that marketers about what he sees in the world would just be gold. Or should I say purple? I don't know. One of the two. (laughs) (laughs) I would definitely want to hear that keynote for sure. I know, right? For sure. Okay. Which trend in virtual events are you most looking forward to? Uh, I'll just reinforce collaboration. I think that there's a lot of virtual events that are doing really neat things to bring people together around the world in very collaborative and sort of creative ways through, you know, whether it's, you know, everyone contributing to a piece of content together or, you know, whatever that might be, sort of learning about each other. I think that, you know, collaboration, whether it's in person or or online, I, I think that the digital pieces especially create such connection points globally and they break down the silos country to country. Uh, and I, I really think that that's a, something that I, I don't want us to lose in, in our rush to try and come back together in person. What's an event marketing pitfall people should watch out for? Well, I think that as we are, again, you know, coming out of pandemic times and starting to convene back together. I think that a a pitfall is definitely treating events now as though they are a rinse repeat of events we were hosting in 2019. I think that the same strategies don't apply because people aren't the same. I think that the same experiences don't apply because people don't experience themselves or them in context with others the same way. And so I think that we've really got to look at this as you know, what is the right thing for this sort of new world order moving forward? Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big person in not in favor of the RE in front of a lot of things like re, resurfacing, re, you know, doing. I don't, I don't think that we're redoing anything. I think we are starting from a completely different place. And I think when we're doing events, we have to think about it that way. I absolutely agree. Um, so what's your... What's your go-to source for personal development information in terms of events and marketing? So I'm a huge podcast fan, huge podcast fan. I think that it's such a, an easy resource to have access to, to, you know, listen to on your commute, to do those kinds of things. And I think that there are, it's definitely opened up the world for a lot more people to share their perspectives on how, you know, events should happen, how things are working, what's not working, what engagement looks like. And if we're paying attention, we're not just listening to content about events specifically, we're listening to content about what it means to bring people together, what it means to gather again, what it means to be in, you know, community and collaboration. And if we're consuming all of those things and turning that into the strategies that drive our events, we're going to be that much better prepared to deliver something that will absolutely wow people. Awesome. Last question. Shout out another event professional. I got to shout out Nicole Williams from Adobe. She produces all of our major events and is just an incredible rock star. She shines like the brightest and as cool as a cucumber, which I think is just, you know, (laughs) to be that creative and that calm all in the same body, I think is probably just unfair, but I am so blessed to get to work with her and to, to take in sort of her spirit and, and be around that. And I just, Nicole Williams is amazing. Heather, thank you so much. These answers were awesome. I love this and enjoyed it so much. Thank you for joining us for this one. Oh, thank you, Noah, so much for having me. And thank you so much to the team there. And best of luck with, you know, making this the best event you've ever done. And I look forward to being part of it.